Alright, did you say anything funny that we can put at the beginning of this? I've never said anything funny in my entire life. Ever. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, tacos, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week the fans are staging a rally for a longer Justice League, Mike. Oh geez, alright. <laughs> Two hours of awfulness just wasn't enough, they need a longer one. <laughs> we got our first look at Han Solo Lego sets. Apparently we did, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> no, that's out of nowhere. Kendrick Lamar is delivering us the Black Panther soundtrack. All and right. our first single. And All right. more. And more. Yeah, so we were talking about some uh, food and tacos just before we started rolling <laughs> this episode. So maybe I'll start sneaking in a little sneak peek of what we've been talking about. You got me you intro. caught me off guard, man. I had no <laughs> idea. I was like, how do I react to this? Do I try to do I try to respond or do I just roll with it? So question question to the audience. Uh, has anyone out there ever shipped hot food to somebody expecting it to be hot when it got there? I'm just you, really curious. <laughs> using properly packaged food, not like sho- like you're not shoving a p- pizza slice in a in an envelope and be like, well, good luck, hope it arrives there warm. But yeah. you know, like like putting in like a, a, a what I call it, a taco sauna and and sealing it up and sending it across the the country. Yeah, Chris, I'm interested. I, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. Now we have it on public record that we said taco sauna first more, yeah. before anybody else did. So if we have any uh, new listeners to the show, you may not know, because um, through the art of uh, engineering and the internet and Chris's amazing audio stitching ability, we are 2,000 miles apart. So I'm over here on the balmy west coast, and Chris, you are on the east side of the country, and how are you dealing with the temperatures right now, man? Well, I walked out to check my mail today. I know it's Sunday, but Amazon's been delivering on Sunday lately, and yeah. I just I just don't know, so I have to check every day now. Mm-hmm. And I saw my backyard looks like a uh, uh, like like a I guess a glacier. <laughs> apparently, I don't know if my neighbors like were running water or something burst and water just spilling out of their house. But my entire backyard is just ice right now. So, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I'm like I'm glad I'm not going out there today. So it is it is a. Uh, it is chilly, to say the least. Um, it's to the point Pokemon Go says, the weather is dangerous. Please do not play <laughs> dangerous weather. So uh, it, it's been very, very cold this this weekend. But it's looking to get uh, warmer. So, you know, plus side there. <laughs> Getting a little heat wave might get above zero, huh? Oh, my gosh. If, if we're lucky. Knock on wood here. <laughs> I, I, was helping, I was helping a guy at work. He bought one of those uh, GoPro Karma drones. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was going to help him fly it. We went out to this big field where you can fly stuff. And uh, it was very, very cold on Thursday. The wind was whipping across this field. And we were we couldn't feel anything by the time we were done. Like Only like 15 minutes later. Oh, no. <laughs> it, and uh, as, if anyone knows, cold will drain your battery on anything. Uh, cars, oh, yeah. uh, electronics, drones. So that drone only had like 10 minutes of flight time. Uh, off a full battery, which was was really sad, but uh, <laughs> all that work and driving just to get to a field for ten minutes of fun. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, an adventure to say the least. <laughs> I've been uh, flying this little drone I got for the holidays inside of the apartment, 
which is not recommended. The uh, instruction manual, which is uncomfortably short. Like, you pull out the little booklet, and you're just like, oh, wow, okay, this is, you know, this got some decent pages in here. Oh, it's only because it's split into, like, five languages. So I have, like, five pages of a little instructional book for this drone. So I'm just like, I feel like maybe people need a little bit more instruction when it comes to these things. But it says, fly in spacious indoor environments. And then I just kind of look up, and I look around my one-bedroom apartment, and I'm just like, this is not spacious, but I'm not going outside. I'm too lazy. So I hit the I hit the takeoff button that's on it. There's like a one button takeoff, which I think that's probably on a lot of drones, right? Yeah, yeah. The one button takeoff um, gets it started and at least floating a couple inches or feet above the ground, yeah. depending on the drone. Well, I hit that button and it immediately went from the ground at an angle right towards my wife's face. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I just was just like, I'd literally never driven it before, so I didn't even know which joystick was going to keep it from attacking her. So I was just like, uh, I just started trying to move it and... It was pretty funny. <laughs> first flight, first flight should always be outside, Mike. That's uh, that's the lesson I learned last year when I got mine stuck in the tree. So, <laughs> so that's that's the plus. I also uh, was able to go out and I bought a little. Um, are you familiar with the Marvel Legends series lines of action figures? Uh, yeah, I think I have one. I have that Spider Man one. Yeah, okay, have, cool. Yeah, they're like kind of twelve inches tall ish. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little shorter than that. They come in like little boxes that are like colors, and then uh. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to explain. There's so many out there right now. Oh, okay. I might just have a different version of them. Yeah, the Black Panthers line just dropped this week, and mm-hmm. it, along with it comes a Black Bolt version. Uh, so I was able to pick up Black Bolt uh, online, but I also picked up another character called Ex Nihilo from um, a Marvel series called Avengers uh, from like 2012, which is kind of based on the Infinity War series. So I was really uh-huh. excited to uh, venture into a Toys R Us and you know not leave empty-handed like some creep. Oh so. man, I haven't been to a Toys R Us in ages, but when I went as a kid, that was that was the land. That was the promised land when you were a cop kid. Walk in, there's toys everywhere. Everything on the shelf is for you as opposed if you went to a department store, just like one area was. And if you just ventured one aisle too far, you were like in like the paint section. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's I mean, it's essentially like a Lowe's for for kids, you know, Lowe's like adults. I don't know. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I got some action figures this weekend. I picked up uh, one of the Black Panther pops I was missing. So, uh, from the character, what's her name? I can't think. Nakia. Nakia. So, we'll figure out who that is when the, the movie drops. New movie, new pops. I can I can just, all I have to do is just go to SuperheroSlate.com, go to our upcoming releases page, and just like, okay, anything on here that's a Marvel property, Chris is going to need pops for that, that is going to need pops for it, that. He might get pops for that, but I don't know, pops it, for that. <laughs> if, if you were to guess, real quick, before, before we jump into the news, I looked up the Infinity War numbers. It gave me a number and then a little plus side beside it, meaning there are more. Can you guess what that first number was for the Infinity War wave of Pops? I actually, I didn't even, that never even occurred to me that the Pops for Infinity War is going to be so massive because there's so many characters. Um, give me give me a base number for like a Black Panther. Like how many Pops are going to be in Black Panther? Uh, on the back of the Black Panther box, uh, I'm just grabbing one right here. One, two, seven on the back of the Black Panther box. All right. Well, my my initial impression was going to be a 25 plus. It's 20 plus. Uh, okay. So I'm in the right ballpark, man. You, so... I guarantee you by the time it's all said and done, there'll be like 30 something. You're going to need another shelf, man. 
Uh, yeah, I know. My wife just got her shelves for her Disney ones today, so we're going to install those after we get done recording. Oh, all right. Well, I think that sounds like we should get to the news. So. Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying I to get to. I just imagine Rachel is outside the bedroom door just, like, waiting patiently, holding, like, a shelf and just rocking back and forth. I'm ready to put it well, up now. We, well, we already met. I measured them where they need to go, so by the time we're all said and done, we'll see We'll see how they go up tonight. All right. Um, but, but we're into news, and news, first and foremost, I want to start with um, what I consider more of a tragedy (laughs) the justice league fans have decided to stage a protest or a rally at warner brothers studios where they do the the dc stuff uh this saturday it was yesterday Mm -hmm. and um if you were to take a guess at how many people showed up mike what would be your number on that one (laughs) well so i heard about this the other day and when I saw people promoting it online or making articles for it, they would put up kind of like an image to go along with their article. And then they would they would find like pictures of crowds and stuff like that for it. Just kind of like anything on like iStock photo. And so I was thinking to myself, oh, there might be about 50 people there. But Chris, now that I'm looking at this photo, it seems a little sparse. <laughs> yeah, so um, they're all there to release. They want the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Um, we, we've seen people putting petitions online. Uh, thousands, if not maybe closer to a million or so people may know about this 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 whole campaign, right? Uh-huh. To, to get the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League because of how people pick up the news articles and run with it. But in the terms of this protest slash rally, 13 people showed up. <laughs> uh, 13 or WB Gate 2. Do you know where this is, Mike? Is this in LA? It looks uh, like- yeah, uh, Warner Brothers is up here on the uh, in the in the north side of Los Angeles. Uh, the thing is, so I just don't understand what's going on here. So seeing this group of people, they all look nice. They're all smiling. You know, they're having a good time. There's a very small set of people that really enjoy these Warner Brothers movies, just getting together, having a good time. So good on them. It doesn't look like they're violent or being crazy or anything or thinking like maybe Warner Brothers is crazy, you know. It was a situation that happened when it came to making this movie, and they did their best to, to put it out while getting another director to step in. Uh, but so if you're saying that uh, Justice League needs the Snyder Cut release, that is them admitting Justice League could be better, that it's not good enough, it should have been Zack Snyder's cut. But objectively, I think everyone out there agrees that Justice League was better than Batman vs. Superman. So I don't understand why they think a Snyder Cut is going to be any better. You got your Snyder Cut. It was called Batman vs. Superman, and it wasn't that good. So I just don't understand how they think that it's going to make it any better. And also, there isn't a Snyder Cut out there. I really don't think that there's a cut of this movie that you could watch from beginning to end coherently that was made by Snyder because there was reshoots scheduled. He had to leave the project. Um, the movie wasn't done, so there might be some sort of assembly cut with like just the tons of shit in it, but those are basically just going to be deleted scenes. So if you want a Snyder cut, just buy the Blu-ray when it comes out. Just watch the deleted scenes, and that's probably some of the Snyder stuff that you're missing. But I don't think you're going to be able to assemble something that say, this is the Snyder cut. Well, I don't think he even... I mean, you're assuming that Zack Snyder wants to release his own version as well. <laughs> like, he, he may be like, I have really bad memories of this. Like, this was not a good point in my life. I don't want to... I mean, I gave it up. He gave it up willingly. Like, it wasn't like he had to, you know, be forcefully removed from it. Um, I mean, I think trying to get a Zack Snyder cut without the approval or 
like, hey, Zack Snyder's on board with us. Like, I don't know. I feel like you're forcing your own opinions onto the movie without getting his thoughts at all. Like, he may be like, well, this is the one I wanted in the end. Maybe I, maybe I signed off on this one. So there's a lot of assumptions going on here. And I just, I'm on, I'm on your page. Like, Justice League is is serviceable for for what has happened to it along the way, and I just I don't know, man. This this thirteen people rally, I do not think is <laughs> going to shake the upper echelons of Warner Brothers on a Saturday. Obviously, they're day off. Like like they're not. No one's walking by on a Saturday, being like, oh, these thirteen people are going to make me the millions of dollars back that we lost. Yeah, I mean, some of the cosplay is good. Um, I like that yeah. Amazonian or Themyscarian. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to call them. They're uh, all, uh, I think they're Amazonians. Yeah, the the Batman suit's pretty cool. There's like two Wonder Womans there. Uh, you got a red hood. So, I mean, it just looks like they're they're having a fun time. It's a fun little meetup. I hope they went and got coffee afterwards. But, yeah, this uh, was never going to do anything. I think even if a thousand people showed up, it might only drive Warner Brothers to release an official statement to say, hey, dummies, there's no Snyder Cut. <laughs> this is not how we make movies here. Like, before he left, he didn't just, like, put, like, a... He didn't just, like, control-save a file on there and typed Snyder Cut, and then Joss Whedon well, came in and opened the project file and started fucking with it. Like, you know? <laughs> well, my assumption is he took his Zack Snyder Cut, took it out to Themyscira and hid it, <laughs> that way, uh, whenever um, you know someone came along, they needed to search the earth for these this little box with all the the versions of the Snyder Cut in it, so you can piece it together later. So, though I do have to say, if Warner Brothers wanted to do a little bit of a money grab, all they would have to do is, if they were planning on releasing some sort of extended cut of Justice League, all they'd have to do is just do a fine and replace and just replace extended with Snyder, and they'd probably maybe sell a couple more, and because people just probably wouldn't know the difference, you know. You're, yeah. you're never going to be able to look at the movie and definitively say that's a Zack Snyder part and that's a Joss Whedon part unless like the director commentary <laughs> on there would ex- would say it specifically. Well, that and the, the Superman CGI mustache. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and also maybe the stuff they cut from the trailers, which like almost all the trailer was not in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I did this may this may be wrong, this may be right. Some German, uh, maybe Amazon Germany, uh, released. Um, a listing for the the Justice League, and it was like fifteen minutes longer than the final version was. Mm-hmm. Um, nowhere else has had this, so there may be an extended cut coming. But I'm leaning towards probably um, a regular version with um, deleted scenes, kind yep. of thing in there. So there you go. I don't think I'm gonna buy it, Chris. <laughs> well, that, you own the rest of them, don't you? Unfortunately, I own Batman vs Superman, the extended version. Did you get Wonder Woman? No, not yet. We have Wonder Woman, actually. So, oh, well, there you go. That's a good choice, though. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. My wife went out of her way to buy her own movie for once. That wasn't. <laughs> I was very proud of her. The power so, of Gal Gadot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, DC is not out of the news yet, though. Uh, this was earlier on in the week. Uh, we know John Berg, uh, the president of production at I guess Warner Brothers for the DC movies, stepped down last month, and he has finally been replaced by Walter Hamada who has been the executive producer on the upcoming Shazam movie, the It movie, I believe, that you watched recently, mm-hmm. and um, some other some other movies, horror-based, of course. And he is now the president of production at DC Films at Warner Brothers and uh, will be working closely with Jeff Johns, who is the uh, chief creative officer of DC Entertainment, which is like more of their comics and animated movies. So. Yeah, I heard he used to work pretty closely with uh, James Wan, who, you know, is kind of taking over that, like, Conjuring-verse 
So I think it, so maybe the decision was came down to that point of view. It's just like, oh well, he's kind of been overseeing this kind of extended horror movie universe. It's almost like just the same move that we've seen in these superhero movies before, where oh let's take a horror director and have him do a horror uh, and have him do a superhero movie. Well now let's just take these horror executive producers and have them oversee the superhero movies. Maybe they're just trying to see if that also works as well. Yeah, I mean, totally. And, I mean, he, Walter Mata, has basically been at New Line, which is a um, sub-line uh, of Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. like um, an arm of it. So, I mean, he's not going too far. But, yeah, the, I mean, he's worked on The Conjuring, which is the James Wan series you mentioned. Uh, Annabelle was another horror series, It. Um, did you did you like It? I actually, I actually did. It was uh, scary in parts. Uh, the movie is very good at making you feel not safe even in broad daylight because I think that's like the number one trope when it comes to horror movies that you know when it's dark and scary out that's when spooky stuff's gonna happen and when it's the daylight that's kind of when you're setting up the tension and you get a lot of like false flags of things happening but no like that fucking clown will come out in broad daylight and scare the shit out of you and he doesn't care so it was a good movie cool yeah and i mean mean, that's good i mean that's that's a good good thing for him uh but he's also not going to be just doing dc books he's also be handling like other uh, comic book movies that DC will be working on, such as the Akira adaptation. Um, mm. So, like, anything comic book related will go to Walter Hamada now. Um, but mostly that we will know is the DC films. So, Man, I mean, we were just looking at our lineup for DC before we got on the mic here, and we only got one DC movie this year, which seems like a normal pace a couple years ago, but there's so many superhero properties being churned out every year that it's just like, we have to wait till the end of the year to get any more DC, and that's going to be Aquaman. So every time these movies come out, I'm just looking at them to see how how the ship is being righted over at Warner Brothers. Like, maybe we'll be lucky and Aquaman will be good, kind of like Wonder Woman was good, just a standoff thing. And then hopefully a Justice League 2 will be a long time away and they'll have things fixed before that pops up. Yeah, currently that's on our list for June of 2019, but I don't think Justice League 2 will make that um, unless they start production like right now, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that's going to get moved much like the flash was. So, um, also on, on a rumor aspect, the Deadshot and Lobo, uh, solo films are probably have been moved to probably not going to happen now in the DC <laughs> universe, which is surprise, surprise, probably a good, good move all in all. Hey, um, they should, they should team those guys up for a movie. That might be kind of fun. I would love to see like a, a Lobo film. I mean, because like I, to me, that's kind of like a Guardians of the Galaxy meets Wolverine kind of film mm-hmm. idea. But I I don't know about Deadshot. I think he'll just show up again in Suicide Squad too. Um, yeah, they're gonna have this really weird transition where they're gonna have to make DC cosmic when we've had a, a slight hint of cosmic already. But I feel like everything's been way more weighted in the fantasy gods realm with Wonder Woman. So it's just like, well, I can be rooted in the fantasy aspect of like Zeus maybe overseeing their world in some way and these other gods. Uh, but once you branch out the space, now I'm just getting really confused. You know, Thor f- kind of um, manage that gap in actually a really elegant, elegant way when you think about it. Like, I don't think anybody ever thinks of Asgard as a planet out in space, but they, they know it's just kind of out there, like, ethere- ethereally, and somehow he can get there. I, like, I don't, think the, I don't think the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy could just, like, fly into Asgard. Well, I mean, if it was still there, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the way Thor did it, Thor is a very light push into the cosmic realms. And so far, the cosmic beings from the DC Extended Universe have not very been very cosmic in scope. Everything has been either on Krypton or on planet Earth. And we just assumed that they went out into the cosmos somewhere. All these comic book writers back in the day just never thought any of this was going to be an issue. They're just like, uh, Ant-Man, yeah, go ahead and make some sort of like microverse. We don't care. Uh, put Thor in some sort of weird uh, ethereal plane and just, okay, let's use space and space is there. How do we tie it all together? It doesn't matter. It's a comic book. <laughs> yeah. But then and then Guardians went all in. Like, this is a space team in space mm-hmm. going to planets. So, um, yeah, so Deadshot movie is fine. I mean, I, to me, Will Smith is on a um, slide downwards on his movies. Oh no! Uh, yet, does that mean does that mean you watch Bright? <laughs> I've not watched Bright yet, but even the my the boss, the owner of my company, was like, he's like, you watch Bright? I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't sit down and just watch it. It's a background noise movie kind of thing. Oh, he's like, okay. He's like, I watched it while I was running because I needed an action movie to keep my heart rate up, and it barely did that. So, <laughs> well, I, like, I okay. I, well, I haven't watched it either. I mean, I'm gonna watch it just because I want to see what everything's talking about. I think we're gonna talk about Bright a little bit more later in the show. Uh, but I saw like an actual like official advertisement promotional material for the movie and it said love it or hate it. So like even Netflix is officially like recognizing that people do not like this movie, but some people do like the movie. So I don't know. It's crazy. Isn't that also what you call our, our Star Wars review? <laughs> so love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll check it out. But yeah, so um, Deadshot and Lobo probably not going to happen. At least not in the interim while we wait on see what see what Walter Walter Hamada does for DC. So yeah, we'll put that right. on there. Don't see me crying. He Mike's Mike's totally crying when he's more off the mic. He's he's in tears about this. Wah. Um But instead, we'll talk about Silver and Black, the Sony movie we got going mm. on here. Um. Uh, the be- apparently begins production March 5th under the name Tri-Border, which I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, I was like, silver and black are two colors. What's the point What's the point of an alias for your movie production if the whole internet knows the alias? Just call it silver and black. Well, I think it's, it might also be one of those things like... Um, I mean, well, first off, no one's going to know silver and black to begin with. Like, yeah. oh, obviously <laughs> that silver sable and black cat from Spider-Man, right? Yeah. No, that's a very generic name. But, I mean, I think it's more for, like, the public. So, like, hey, we're filming Star Wars on your street. So uh, people aren't, like, lingering there all day kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, no, most people find out about this stuff pretty quick if you want to. Um, this is from Sony Pictures, not Marvel. And I expect if if they're going under production March 5th, casting announcements are around the corner. I mean, it's, it's safe to say this movie uh, makes us nervous. Um, we don't know how Sony is going to venture back into the Spider-Man universe without Marvel holding its hand. But I, I, just, I just would expect, even though probably contractually, maybe there doesn't have to be any, like, thing going there i would just think somehow like kevin feige is going to be involved like just maybe like as a deep executive producer like maybe it's like he's like the fifth one down on the list but i feel like at some point feige is going to read the script or feige is just gonna have some sort of say when it comes to how this fits into the greater universe because we kind of need to see how this is going to fit up with our spider-man homecoming because um, that's the pillar of the Spider-Man universe now. Tom Holland from Civil War, from Spider-Man Homecoming. That means Venom and Silver Sable and Black Cat all need to live within that same universe. 
So they just got to make sure, like, oh, we can't go too big, because if we go too big, theoretically, the Avengers would need to be on their radar a little bit. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that balancing act. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very much less interested than you are. Uh, I think this is one of those, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to fit into the larger scheme of things. Um but it's one of those things, like, it's just going to be swept under the rug probably just as quick. Uh, I don't know. I'm doing my best to come back around just because, like I said on our last episode, I think my favorite movie of 2017 was Spider-Man Homecoming. I just thought it was so awesome. I love the way that Spider-Man's being rebooted right now. And that just means I want his other cast of characters to have good movies and sit in good universes. So I don't think Silver and Black or Venom, I don't think they need to be the best movies of the year. Uh, that they come out. I don't think they need to be amazing movies. They just need to be serviceable. You know, just don't screw anything up. And just, luckily, they cast uh, Tom Hardy for Venom. So even if they just kind of botch Venom a little bit, at least they have a charismatic lead as the character. And they hired a bunch of people for that production that work all that work really well. Like, we, we've talked about that almost every week. Like, oh, this is surprising. They've, they've put some time and choice into selecting good people mm-hmm. who've worked with Marvel before. Now, Silver and Black, I think, is one of those movies. One of the producers is uh, Avi Arad. Who, oh, God, not that guy. Exactly. So I think <laughs> this is one of those, like, hey, we have to give you... We have to give uh, Avi and Matt Tolmack, these two guys who butchered Spider-Man and all the other movies for in Sony for a while, something to do because otherwise he's going to get restless and start, like, maybe start litigation. I don't know. Um, because him and Feige do not see eye to eye and that's like the thing i'm worried about but kind of looking at it here there are a couple things here like it does have a, a female director which is awesome so that's good and the screenplay was written by christopher yost who i've actually met he writes really good comic books uh he did the um uh not superior spider-man but the other one uh with kane like the the clone of spider-man recently didn't he didn't he write one of the thor movies he too? did write the dark world so i'm, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to find some you're, positive. You are conveniently here, weren't going to mention that one, were you? No, I, I met the guy. He's a really nice guy. We, we, I have an interview with him over on yeah, Comic UI. I think I've seen him also pop up online at some point. He, he and I think he is a nice guy. He created X twenty three. Like he wrote the the Wolverine and the X Men series or whatever that was for a while. The X twenty three was in. And and to be fair, most of the time when it comes to movies, this is uh, different from television. But in movies, once the script is written. And, and done and approved like uh that writer just goes by the wayside like i'm sure christopher yost probably wasn't too involved in the production of the uh, dark world right. so if there's problems with any movie that a writer writes especially these big blockbuster ones i mean they're long gone they're probably working on their next project or four or five other writers have stepped in or you know just any millions of things could happen so yeah. who knows but yeah we're gonna have to play this one by ear uh venom i feel more confident in Silver and black, they're gonna need to get me some solid information before I'm I'm more on board like you are. So yeah, hopefully the casting announcement is is solid. Yeah, I agree. But speaking of movies that have black in their title, Black Panther is on our horizon. Mike. <laughs> it is around the corner. What a transition! <laughs> yeah, I know. So I put them together. I did this on purpose. Uh, we are a little over a month away from this, and we got our first uh, song from the Black Panther soundtrack, who we found out is being uh, produced by Kendrick Lamar. Um, and it's called All the Lights. Have you listened to it yet? Uh, I think I listened to it a, a little bit. Um, it's kind of got, it's not really like a high energy song, is it? it no, it's, it's very much, uh, it, it's, 
It's mid range, but I like listening to. It. I've listened to it probably a hundred times in like the past. Whoa, whoa, jeez! <laughs> yeah. I, I put it on repeat when I'm driving. I listened to it this morning, like because my wife hadn't seen it yet. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's very. I really, really like it. I mean, there's just something about it. I just really, really jive with it. But it's not like the music we've heard in the trailers so far, because those were just kind of remixes for that. So uh, I, I really like that. Also, have you seen this new billboard in LA they have for Black Panther, Mike? Uh, let me let me click on it. Let Get me see on here. It. Um, black. Oh, eyeballs. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, the costume this time has. Uh, I think the eyes removed. The eye slit covers removed sometimes. Uh huh. Oh, I haven't seen this yet, but that's cool. I'll, man, this movie's just sneaking up on us. We're like six weeks away. Yeah, if that. I mean, it's. Uh, I think five closer to five weeks, really. But uh, but this poster's in. LA. There's another big poster in LA as well. I saw on on Reddit earlier, but I didn't know if you saw this one because this was really cool to see the blue suit up close. I know exactly where this billboard is now. Looking at the picture, this is just like I think two miles away from where I'm speaking right now. Uh, that says Fox Radio. Is that there? Is that what this says? Uh, yeah, this is a uh, up. Near the 101 and the 405 interchange, which I'm sure means nothing to anybody listening right now. But, man, that's one That's one thing that's kind of cool living in L.A. is all of the billboards are usually reserved for TVs and movies pretty much all of the time. Whereas, like, I just went home and, and visited the Midwest and flew into Chicago over the holidays. And Chicago has just as many billboards, you know, around the city. But the billboards are kind of used for more practical things. Like, they might be trying to sell you a product or, you know, <laughs> maybe... Be advertising like a like a business in town or something like that. Where it's just like in LA, it's just yeah. They're trying to get you a lawyer or to go to the local strip club. That's about <laughs> yeah. all the awards are in Chicago. Yeah, but like out here, it's just totally different. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. I mean, I, I really like this costume. It looks the makes the lines on his nose make him look more like a cat. If I was to be honest, so um, I really want to see the outfit and I want to see the costume in action. I'm really excited. Really. Really excited for Black Panther to be knocking on our doorstep, Mike. We've got some news for Captain Marvel coming out uh, about a year a year after Black Panther here. Uh, they've added the actress Dewanda Wise from uh, the, I believe it's a movie or series, She's Gotta Have It, mm-hmm. in a mysterious role. Uh, the rumor is that she would be Monica Rambeau from the Marvel Universe. Are you familiar with Monica Rambeau? Chris, I'm not familiar with Monica Rambeau, so could you educate me, please? Yes, so um, what I know from her right now, she is uh, an African-American character in the universe. She uses the codenames Photon, Pulsar, and Spectrum, but she also went under the name Captain Marvel back like in her origin era. Hmm. So um, it, she, she gets her powers... Um, from an extra, like being exposed to extra dimensional energy and mm-hmm. is able to convert her body into that energy. Huh. So uh, when she did this, I think she was like New Orleans based and she used her powers to fight crime and be Captain Marvel. Oh, man, I just want to know how this movie is going to look because it's supposed to be set in the 90s. Nick Fury is supposed to be in it. We're curious if he's going to have both eyes. Are they going to de-age? Are they going to put motion tracking stuff on Samuel L. Jackson and de-age him a little bit? <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, I don't think I've seen a, a, a super high-budget movie like kind of just put itself in the past like not really far because i feel like if you're doing a a dated movie like in the 1950s or something you know you just go all out you get all the 1950s cars out you 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 maybe like go to like a boardwalk somewhere that has like these old buildings and you just kind of structure your movie around that but like 
since they're shooting for the 90s, I feel like there, there's all these different things that they could do. Like, they could just go into any building built, and we wouldn't know. But, oh, you just got to make sure somebody in the background is, like, wearing, like, Jinko jeans or something like that, and we'll be fine. So I want to see Nick Fury with both eyes and Jinko jeans. Oh, okay. And and a lot of <laughs> Eiffel, more Eiffel 65. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Barbie Girl? Will we get Barbie Girl? Oh man, that's going to be the opening credit song as we're we're getting B-roll of an opening shot of the city that Captain Marvel lives in and we're seeing a montage of things from the 90s. Someone holding pogs, someone's got a gigapet and I'm a Barbie girl playing in the background and then uh, there you go, Captain Marvel flies in and punches an alien. That's right. See, there we go. You're, we got, we... you're, you're welcome. I wrote your first page for you. Yeah, they they sh- we're going to get royalties for that when that shows up on screen. <laughs> Uh, so that's it. I, Monica Rambeau, she, I mean, she was, I think, the leader of the Avengers, if I can remember correctly, maybe once or twice. So she's had a big role as her Captain Marvel persona. So it would not be a surprise if she was added as Monica Rambeau. Yeah, the fact I, that leaving it mysterious is very, very weird. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's in the movie and has, like, no consequential powers or anything like that. She's yeah. probably just going to be maybe like a Maria Hill-esque type person, just kind of somebody with agency with a gun. Yeah, or like another military officer because it's yeah. all military based. So mm-hmm. we'll check that out. I heard you like Spider Man Homecoming, Mike. Is that true? Do you really yeah, like it? Yeah, that's a good movie, man. Yeah, so the sequel is apparently to start filming this June 1st for like Ooh. four months. Wow. And they're apparently returning to Atlanta in Berlin. Oh, returning to Berlin? Yes, uh, Spider Man Homecoming filmed in Berlin. They did not end up using any of the scenes in the movie, but they did film there. Oh, well, no, actually, they may have used one scene or two because now i'm remembering at the very beginning of the movie when peter's doing his like cell phone vlog of it i think he is in berlin for like a moment before they throw him into a hotel room before he goes to the airport well they also filmed some of him like riding on top of a bus and some other stuff they didn't use from from berlin uh, okay gotcha so yeah so the location wasn't very important but they may be coming back to that uh, uh-huh. For this, and also a couple audition tapes for Gwen Stacy apparently have her a European actresses, so she may be an exchange student this time around. Oh, that would be kind of cool. I mean, there are really kind of um, they're kind of reinventing all of Peter's side characters, which is kind of smart because we're like we've finally gotten a Peter Parker that's almost like perfect. Like he's a kid from Brooklyn. He even has the Brooklyn accent. You know, he's in that high school age, uh, and like he just really fits the role. So it's just like we well we've we've really nailed Spider Man. So let's just go ahead and just kind of mix things up around him because that would be fun. So, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Mary Jane Watson looks nothing like any of the MJs that we've seen in the Spider-Man universe. So, I mean, you might as well just go crazy and do that with Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I mean, well, also, I think there might be some sort of comic somewhere that um, Gwen's, like, I mean, she may have been born overseas because her father was, like, in the military or something like that. Wow, uh, her mother may come from a different country. I forget what exactly was it lined this up, but um, if they want to do it, that's fine. I mean, that's that's totally cool. Sitting Spider-Man worldwide uh, would be cool. I just hope Spidey doesn't get too caught up in his love story because that was really the central premise of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was just his 
his uh, relationship with Gwen Stacy, and it was just too much. I mean, I I know it kind of they were working, they were looking for like kind of the emotional like payoff when Gwen Stacy died, and like how it was gonna affect him. But like it didn't even matter because they didn't make a third movie, so we never really got to see the long term ramifications of it anyway. So just keep yeah. Tom Holland being like fun and light, and just trying to balance like homework and saving the city. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't think I don't even think I I don't like the idea of Gwen Stacy being the love interest yet again. But if they need to save Mary Jane Watson for something else, or if, if that other actress really is Mary Jane Watson, I don't know. We'll see. Um, to we'll, we'll definitely have to play it out. But I mean, it sounds like Spider-Man: Homecoming Two is coming along pretty, pretty well. I, I didn't think they'd be that far along with it, really. But that's our first post Avengers Four movie that we know about. So um, I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. See what happens to the world to bring them all together after the end of Avengers Four. I wonder if maybe they're going to continue with this uh, naming scheme of picking, like, maybe high school or adolescence-inspired words for the title. So, like, uh, maybe it's Spider-Man um, Prom. I don't know. I don't. Th- I think that would actually be a bad name, but I can't. I'm struggling to think of any other words right now, but, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming spider-man graduation graduation oh oh there you go that's that's the third one probably you're jumping the gun though so what's between home what whatever is between homecoming and graduation is what the next one's gonna be called okay spider-man sex ed that's (laughs) oh there you go and i and then hannibal burris just rolls out that tv with captain (laughs) america giving the sex ed advice yeah that's exactly that's the whole movie it's just captain america there you go Man, we are just writing these scripts left and right. Yeah, or at least at least the uh, what do they call them? The uh, one shots. <laughs> we have some good one shot ideas. Well, usually when you're talking sex ed, there usually is about one shot in there. So. Uh, you know, just just no. I, I didn't think you were gonna go there, and then you went there. So we're gonna talk about Avengers video games again. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, have you played any of the Uncharted video games, Mike? Um, I'm very I'm familiar with them. I've seen them played. I know all about them. Do you have a good impression of the Uncharted games? Yeah, they're kind. Of, it's basically like the male version of Tomb Raider. Yeah, kind of more story. I think a lot more story driven than puzzle based. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the Uncharted creative director Sean Eskeg, I think that's how you pronounce the name, has left Naughty Dog to join Square and work on the Avengers video game, the Avengers Ooh, project. Ooh, Square is interesting because they do have a relationship with Disney when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and putting those Disney characters in the game. So I do kind of see that chain of, of working up the the ladder. But man, I would love to see just kind of um a balls to the wall superhero Avengers Marvel video game. We have had them. We haven't really had them in the past so much because it's even either been attached to Lego or it's just in more of like a top down brawler. Like I don't think we've had anything like really driven into like story. Like you said, like well, if Uncharted is very story based, maybe we'll get that in an Avengers video game. Now, mind you, while the gameplay isn't at the best, the Captain America tie in video game is very story driven. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I would not but recommend that, the other ones, though, but that's, <laughs> that's about as far as I go. Yeah, but it's almost just like, you know, maybe model your characters so they look very similar to the movie characters, but just kind of just riff and go your own direction because well, because you'll be lucky because since it's a video game, they don't have to worry about the movie rights. Well, what about the, like, how, what kind of gameplay do you imagine, I guess? Because that's, Man, that's the, the hard part here. Yeah, I mean, that is hard to figure out because if you're playing a whole game, you want to be able to play every character. 
which means they're all going to have different powers and skill sets. So, I mean, I don't know if I feel like first person. Like I, I know I've seen that I've seen that uh, YouTube video out there of that scrapped first person Avengers game, and it looked fun. But at the same time, if you're talking story based, you lose all the personality when all you're seeing are the fists or the shield or the claws for Wolverine. So I feel like it's got to be maybe some th sort of like third person. You know, maybe like kind of Gears of War style. Maybe there's like a cover system a little bit involved. Um, yeah, so maybe that, like, maybe that's how the camera's setting up so in the So, like, game a third up. person over the, like, over yeah. the shoulder kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think that might work. You know, I think over the top, you know, is just too much, uh, Ultimate Alliance, and, like, you just can't, you, they wouldn't be able to kind of get away from that vibe, so I feel like it, it, that's how you organize the game. It's just, where's the camera? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm excited to see what they give, uh... Spider-Man's coming out this year for PlayStation 4, which is the only reason I'm keeping oh, that PlayStation man. 4. man, I want to play that game so bad. They are doing, um, this weekend, I just read an article about it, they're doing in-store in, uh, in or in-company playtesting, where they play it, like, straight for, like, four days. Oh, like, wow. Like, everyone's playing it for, like, four days. So, <laughs> all the sure reviews are, like, good. they're like, oh, this is great, and stuff like that. So, I'm excited to see where that goes through. Uh, we'll knock on wood that we get some more information. This E3 uh, is about probably that. It probably not Comic Con, but E3 might give us some some look at it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Legos there, and now we got some Lego news for the Han Solo movie, Solo: A Star Wars Story. And we've got some Lego sets that leak on, that leaked online. And while the first couple links here are very um, blurry, the the bottom link has like all the high res versions of these now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not so much that we, we, we get to see what looks like the Millennium Falcon with the blue. Mike was very surprised to learn about a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, but also that that promo art that Disney said is fake is obviously on every one of these Lego <laughs> Yeah, we got bamboozled. We told everybody on our show the other week that oh, all this is fake. And like we were saying, but these are really good fakes. These look really good. They did an awesome job. And then, but we, I think we may have saved ourselves a little bit because I think we said like, oh, well, maybe they got these from some other source and they put this together. But uh, yeah, I guess it came from a Lego set, which makes sense because that's usually what happens with in these big budget movies that have to sprawl out and sell toys and stuff. That some toy manufacturer on another part of the globe, you know, already knows everything that's happening in the movie because he has to make toys out of all of it. Yeah. So as you can see, the first links are blurry, but the second links have a full list of everything here, Mike. Mm -hmm. um, watermarked confidential Lego only. <laughs> <laughs> and they even break them down and show us all the pictures. So we get to learn that um, the uh, the Amelia Clark's character is Kira. Uh, I don't I don't we don't know anything about her. And Woody nope. Harrelson will be Tobias Beckett, who have no ties to current Marvel characters. Or not Marvel, uh, Star Wars characters. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just uh, inventing new people. Man, Han Solo, uh, I feel like his Lego character has a lot more hair. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's got to, man. He's got to. He's got to have those young locks of of Hollywood hair. And it looks like his Lego character is wearing gloves. So I guess looked out for a gloved Han Solo in the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, you're looking at the one out there. I was looking at the the second one has no gloves. Oh, well, the first one, Chris, does have gloves, and that's why you go out of your way and you buy both sets, because who can complete their Han Solo Lego collection without the gloved and ungloved version? Well, the uh, the ungloved version goes to the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and that's uh, with, the one that you're probably going to buy. Yeah, the blue Millennium Falcon. A lot of people have said that this um, at the front of the Millennium Falcon, it doesn't have the notch. That, yeah, it's that, like filled in. 
So I looked into this. I'm like, why does this not have the notch? Apparently these um, these ships that, that are all these, like, I guess, Q1300s or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. are modular, like extremely modular for hauling different types of cargo. Uh, I mean, that, I guess that makes sense. So if he's hauling cargo, maybe, and we know that he has to drop some cargo before being boarded, maybe that's where he drops it out of, out of the front there. You know what? I don't really want this Han Solo movie, but one thing I would like to see is every time we've been inside the Millennium Falcon in X number of movies, I've never seen the cargo. I've seen lots of really impractico cargo hold areas. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know those panels on the floorboards, they say it's for cargo, but like, that's a really has that's a big hassle to just haul boxes out of your floor when you're delivering stuff. So, like, maybe we could just kind of get like one shot where they're just going around the inside of the Millennium Falcon and there's just boxes everywhere. Like, I've never seen that Falcon haul anything. Like, it makes more sense that it would maybe have some sort of like space U haul attached to the back of it, and that's how it hauls. I've never looked at the ship and thought, like oh there's tons of stuff in there yeah no exactly so i think we're gonna learn a little bit more about it i i have grievances you've got some steam broccoli (laughs) what's this might be hauled on on millennium falcon we don't know yet (laughs) one thing that i'm not seeing on the close-ups um and i can't really get more detail out of these blurry box arts but on the millennium falcon it looks like down in the right hand corner there might be some droids possibly there's like some sort of all red character which i would assume is a droid because it's too dark it's way too red and dark to be chewy and i think i can see chewy further up the line there's a close-up of that one uh in there as well there's a red droid and then it looks like a little not quite the r2 unit but one of those with feet that look like trash cans converted to droids in Mm, there as well gotcha okay so yeah there are two two droids that are not that are Stand-ins for C-3PO and R2-D2 is what I'm imagining them being. So. Oh, see, this is... Oh, it's because I had to click next. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see a little trash can droid. I see a little Deadpool C-3PO mashup droid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, later on, I mean, I, I, I usually click view the whole page, but later on there's a uh, um, a star, a TIE fighter that has Han Solo and, like, Imperial garb. So we'll we'll see what that plays into. Oh, you mean they're, <laughs> they're going back to the well of just impersonating more Imperial people? That's like in every other Star Wars movie. They're but, like, how but did we was, get on this ship? Uh, steal their clothes. But also, last week, I did say he was an Imperial Academy person, but he rebelled from them to save Chewbacca. So... This could have been when he was in training there with the Imperials. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to find out one way or another, Chris. Yes, May. May, I believe. Let's take a look at the list here. May 25th, maybe. I think they're going to... I think this movie might be delayed. I think it might be delayed, but I oh, could be wow. wrong. I mean, what what else are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. Let's talk about Fox. Let's talk about Fox. Our, our, new, our favorite new Disney studio, Fox. Um, <laughs> the executive producer on all the X-Men movies, Lauren Schuler Donner, on if the X-Men would cross over with the Avengers, her exact words were, if we work with Kevin, I'm happy. I feel like that's everyone in Hollywood right now. <laughs> They're like, if we can just get like an, an ounce of Kevin Feige, we would be fine. Well, I mean, I know that this Disney-Fox deal will take a year or two to kind of, you know, dot the T's, cross the I's, and make sure everything's official. Uh, but do does Lauren Schuler Donner have a say in the matter? You know, if Disney owns your studio, I don't think they care whether you're happy or not. They own the X-Men. Well, They're putting them in the universe. I mean, I think maybe is they are they just saying, oh, if Kevin's there, I'll be happy. If he's not there, I don't have a choice. Maybe I'll be less happy. Well, I think it's one of those things, like, she's probably just business as usual. Like, we have to pretend we're still a studio, and 
Things yeah, will continue even if this doesn't work kind of thing. Uh-huh. Someone so, cryo-freeze Hugh Jackman. We don't need him aging anymore, and I want to see him pal around with Captain America. I'm the other way. I'm, I think Feige could just nuke it all. No crossover, no nothing. Just start with Fresh Mutants. Get, yeah, that's... Get, get your cast in here and create them how you need them for, to fit in this world. Yeah, we'll need to... That, that's probably what we'll need to do. That's, that's my hopes. Knock on wood. Uh, also, Brian Singer has been removed as executive producer from both The Gifted and Legion television shows. Wah, so we get for being a creep, dude. <laughs> yeah, so uh, not that he really had anything to say. On, he directed the pilot of The Gifted but had no creative input, and I don't even think he had anything on Legion either, other than the fact he helped make the X-Men movies. So <laughs> so I don't think they're, the quality of them is going to suffer with him not being there. That said, uh, The Gifted has been renewed for season two on, on Fox, so... That, I mean, that's a good sign. I think I was I haven't seen any of the gifted yet, you know, because there's only so many hours in the week. But it's if it's being renewed for a second season, that's a good sign. Yeah, I think uh, the I think the last episode, it's only ten episodes. This first season is mm-hmm. is popping up right around the corner. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check here. Eleven eleven episodes is what I see right now, and uh, that January fifteenth is the last for those. Well, maybe there's more. I don't know. Extraction and X Roads are the next two, but that's twelve and thirteen. I feel like we need a personal assistant, Chris, that is in charge of watching the Gifted, the Runaways, and Gotham. Like, go watch the stuff that we don't have time for, and tell us how we should feel about it. Yeah, tell me how many of these episodes there are, because now I'm just really confused. <laughs> um, but if there are only thirteen episodes, I wouldn't care to sit down and watch them. I've heard good things about the show. Um, it does have some of the characters I didn't think they would have, such as the Stepford Cuckoos, which are uh, clones of Emma Frost. Mm-hmm. And uh, Polaris knows that her dad is Magneto kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm really – I kind of – the more they do it, the more I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll watch this a little bit. So uh, maybe when this wraps up here, I'll, I'll do a little binge when we have some time and, and see what, what the gift yeah. is all about. Put that Disney shelf up for your wife's pop vinyls and then go put on the gifted. Yeah, that, no, not till it's done. I need I need to put twelve <laughs> and thirteen out before I, I commit to this. All right, but coming up in April, Legion will be returning for us. Oh, uh, for Legion, Legion. Um, this is great. The Shadow King. Uh, we have uh, knew that the actor uh, Sayed Tagmuau or something. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm butchering it. Uh, left to to go do Wonder Woman two, and apparently he wasn't working out with the cast, so they have recast the Shadow King as uh, Navid Negabon. Uh, All right. Who's next? <laughs> yep. Uh, same ethnicity fa- follows follows that along. So I think there might be something with that. Uh, and apparently the show will have a one year time jump when it returns. It will not pick up exactly where the last episode was. Hey, well, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, the 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 creator of the show Noah Hawley did say that <laughs> the first season is about uh, an insane man living in a sane world, but then you find out he's not crazy, so it's not being a sane man in an insane world. So. Mm. Noah Hawley, you got to trust that guy. He makes good TV. Yeah, and apparently he's like, I don't know anything about my Doctor Doom movie except his business as usual, but it'll. But he didn't sound very confident that it'll, it'll get through. So uh, maybe maybe they'll put him in charge of Fantastic Four instead. A new Fantastic oh. Four movie. Oh, Chris, you are speaking my language. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'd sign up for that. Do you watch those Game of Thrones shows, Mike? You watch oh, you them all? Know, you, you know I watch Game of Thrones, man. So know. good. So good. So the eighth and final season has been officially confirmed to return in 2019 with only six episodes. Mm, how long do I have to wait until 2019? That's the question. Like, Game of Thrones typically has been, like, a summer show. Uh, but since it's the final season, I don't know if maybe there's a specific 
set of six weeks, but they, but this is going to be, this is like a Star Wars level type of release. Like whatever six weeks HBO claims for Game of Thrones, you don't want to be a Sunday night show because it is going to destroy your viewership because everyone's going to be watching Game of Thrones for those six weeks. Yeah, that they will. Um, I think, I mean, thankfully it's only six episodes, so you might have to only pay for two months of HBO go rather than a whole year's worth. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, think about it. These are going to be six episodes and, and I'm sure that this last season has a higher budget than the season before it. So it has, it has a higher budget, fewer episodes. They've, they have two years to make it. Each episode is going to be like mind blowing. It's going to be crazy. It's like, it's going to be an amazing way to end a show. And, uh, hopefully HBO is crossing their fingers that people will retain their HBO memberships after the last episode, because they're just like, Hey, we're going to give you more Westworld. Probably you want to stick around for that. We're making a Watchmen TV show. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> Yeah, my assumption is like the last episode will have like a follow up episode, new series at the end of it. Like, oh yeah, because they want to do those like kind of other stories in Westeros. Well, that too. I was thinking like, oh, the retention of of Game of Thrones might help kick off our uh, Watchmen series kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean they may do that. They may end up doing a movie. Like, imagine if they don't really end it. They, like, wait for the movie now. Oh my gosh, they're gonna be like, please just ignore Amazon making that Lord of the Rings show because it's gonna be more of what you want. So, I don't know this Game of Thrones is gonna be crazy, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, and we got we got some time to wait, but we got Westworld in in the interim this year, so. We got that. You watch Animaniacs? Man, I love Animaniacs. The show has been revived at Hulu with a two season order. Yeah, which is pretty funny because it was on Netflix, and then they said uh, Animaniacs was going to return, and then I think everyone just assumed it would probably maybe be coming to Netflix, or maybe it's a Warner Brothers property. I think Warner Brothers puts their stuff on Cartoon Network sometimes, so maybe it could have been coming back to Cartoon Network, but I guess uh, it's all Hulu or nothing, but... I have. I am a little apprehensive about bringing the Animaniacs back, and this is going to be a weird reason. But when I watched the Animaniacs when I was a kid, you know, it's just slapstick, goofy, funny humor uh, with a lot of interwoven adult references that I didn't understand because I was a kid. But for some reason, that almost made the show more charming for me because I knew they were making these like sophisticated jokes that I just didn't get. So now, if they remake the show, they're not going to be doing, like, these, like, weird, like, 1990s references. They're going to be doing these current references, and it's just, like, I don't know how I feel about Yakko and Wacko, like, reaching into, like, um, a magician's hat and pulling out a Kardashian. I just don't know if I think that's going to be funny, but, I mean, who knows? I I think Steven Spielberg is going to be executive producing it again, so... Maybe they'll bring back some of the same people and it'll be just as fun, but I don't know. I don't think we needed more Animaniacs. But. I don't either, but they've got 20 years to to pull back on now rather than just the last, you know, five years. So if they've got 20 years to pull on and riff on, you know, we'll get to see what happens. Just keep um, the Kardashians out of it. The please. idea of the original ones, they were locked in the water tower at WB, right? And then mm-hmm. someone let them out. So Yeah, they keep they kept escaping. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see where that goes and, and what's going on. But you know, I, you never know. You just never know. It could be brilliant or it could be. 
I do like I do like ground. I do like Pinky in the Brain. It would be kind of funny if they went to North Korea. So <laughs> that's just true. And then you know people need to learn all their state capitals and states. This year. They oh my gosh, they gotta do a song. They gotta do a new song. Uh, yeah. Animaniacs does this really cool live show that I've heard about, and I think it travels around the country where they get a lot of the original voice actors to go up on stage. It kind of almost sounds like a traveling Comic-Con panel. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it is. But I think that, um, I forget his name, but the voice actor that does those songs, I think he just knows them by heart, and he'll usually perform them there. So that could yeah, be pretty fun. It, well, I saw he, he recently updated a little bit as well. Um, so he has been updating them. Yeah, there's new countries now. I wonder what they do about... Um, Oh man, what's that place that Russia sees like a year or two ago in uh, the Ukraine? That's, that's <laughs> not comic book movies. I don't. I don't know. That's, that's, that's real world news. Yeah, who owns that? I don't know. But we'll yeah, they do that, and then they also had the actors like reading lines from like big movies, like the first scene in Star Wars, having them read as like the characters. So uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Any maniacs? Maybe we can get some more um, Tiny Tunes. Bring us back some Tiny Tunes, right? <laughs> But you, I mean, you mentioned Netflix earlier. Um, I mean, how often are you watching Netflix these days? Pretty, pretty frequently. You know, I've started to notice more and more that the stuff presented to me on the home screen of Netflix are more Netflix originals and just less stuff that they've purchased, which is kind of impressive. That just a, I, I, sw- I swear it's like in a blink of an eye it went from like stuff like NBC shows like The Office and Parks and Rec was being recommended to me and now all of a sudden they're like hey guess what over the last two years we've put like billions of dollars to just make our own content so it's mostly I see that little Netflix original logo in the corner of like every thumbnail now yeah they're they're really pushing those out and actually they've signed a multi year agreement with Matt Reeves who's doing the Batman his studio six in Idaho. Um, Ooh, Matt so they, Reeves. I like that guy. So they have a first look at any movies Matt Reeves wants to write or direct. And this ag- agreement, Six I used to have it with Fox. Fox is being bought by Disney, so Netflix was like, no, we'll take your studio. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, this yeah, is so, a this is a big push for Netflix into like kind of more blockbustery type movies because I mean, Bright is kind of their first foyer um, into those big uh, spectacle movies. I mean, they, they they got original movies out there. There's kind of lower budget. Uh, so, but Matt Reeves is awesome. I love his Planet of the Apes movies, and he's got something else under his belt that I can't think of that I liked. Um, but his Planet of the Apes movies are awesome. So I'd like I like to imagine what he could do at Netflix. Like he doesn't have to worry about like a crazy studio system. His his stuff is just going to go straight to streaming. You know, he doesn't have to worry about like an advertising budget, and he probably has like Final Cut on this deal. So I mean, it's a dream for him. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he did do. I remember him most from Cloverfield. Oh yeah, that's what it was. I liked Cloverfield. I liked that. And then um, the the vampire movie, um, let let me in. Do you remember mm, that one? I've heard of that. It I was an American it. remake of a uh, another movie. I believe it, you, the other one was called the Swedish film was Let the Right One In because uh, the okay. idea is you have to be vampires have to be invited into your house kind of thing. So. Those oh. sneaky vampires. Yeah, so that that's kind of where that is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he's. I mean, if his studios is doing well, and making good things, obviously you go for it. So it might wash the the taste of bright out of people's mouths. Even though, oh no, <laughs> some people are like, oh, I like it. I, I don't know yet. I have to see. But bright has already got a sequel announced on Netflix. So they are doing a sequel to bright on Netflix. 
that means Netflix is looking at the analytics and they're going to make another one. So, And I have a feeling even if the movie bombed, which I don't even know how you would tell if a Netflix movie bombed, but I mean, if you got Will Smith in your offices wanting to make a movie, you sign, you make him sign a contract for three movies. You know, you keep him in your house for as long as possible. So um, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised whether the sequel is good or not based on a good or bad movie. So, yeah, I mean, I, so that just tells me I haven't watched it. Apparently, they don't die in the end. So <laughs> there you go. Everybody lives. Well, it's uh, all about fantasy. So that what the, I saw like a magic wand in the trailer. So they could die, maybe come back to life. We we should just watch it, Chris. We just need to watch it. I I, I planned on watching it this weekend, and then I ended up. I don't. Oh, The Incredible Hulk. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe countdown. It's number week number oh, two. There you go. You're a busy man. The Incredible Hulk. Yep. So Bright's coming out. Um. Speaking of Netflix shows, Daredevil Season 3 and Iron Fist Season 2 are looking to add uh, Claire Temple, played by Rosario Dawson, back into Mm -hmm. the shows. Um, I thought she'd just be in every season other than (laughs) The Punisher, but apparently maybe she's not in the upcoming Jessica Jones or Luke Cage shows yeah well i mean she's done her she's, she's done her job it was to bring them all together in that uh in that chinese restaurant so i mean there's a good chance claire temple could die which might not be a bad thing i'm not saying like I, her character's kind of been a little uh dragging on me lately but it would be a pretty good emotional gut punch so maybe if they really needed to set up some sort of tragedy for the characters like kill off claire and like defenders season two and just like go crazy yeah, and she's had relationships with at least two of the four main characters. So, we, yeah, we gotta figure out something to do with her other than just be the one who comes in and saves the day in like episode eight of this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she'll be back for those two seasons at least. Uh, are you familiar with the magician Merlin at all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where where is this going, Chris? <laughs> uh, Ridley Scott is being courted to helm the movie, the Merlin Saga, which is the origin of the character for Disney. I can't trust Ridley Scott anymore. <laughs> you can't say he's not doing anything in his old age. Yeah, like, I mean, like, good for him for getting, you know, roles. And I think he recently said on record um, that studios need to kind of hire more experienced directors like him. I guess it sounds a little pompous, but not necessarily because they make better movies. Uh, but these experienced kind of old school directors will usually bring you under budget. They know how to navigate through the system and they'll please the producers. So, um, I guess that maybe that's how Ridley Scott keeps, uh, getting roles. I mean, getting jobs. Disney tends to just keep hiring the same people over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but this is actually one of two projects about Merlin at Disney. The other, oh my gosh, the live action, uh, story of the sword and the stone. So. I don't oh, think yeah. they'll be together, but I, I'm more about the Sword in the Stone than I am Merlin Saga. Yeah, I mean, like, we get it, it's a wizard, but isn't kind of Merlin's, like, biggest touch point with people that it's with the Sword in the Stone? So I feel like there's got to be some sort of crossover there, or maybe it would be cool, maybe it, make it animated or something like that. Then you won't have to worry about the universes crossing over, and then, like, magic looks pretty rad when it's animated, so there you go, Ridley Scott, I gave you an idea. He doesn't want to do that. That's not that's not in his wheelhouse. <laughs> but an origin of Merlin is new, I guess. I mean, the last time mm-hmm. I saw Merlin in movies was, I believe, Transformers 5. Played by... Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of his name. Um, he's, in, he's in Captain America. He's a scientist. He plays the scientist who makes Steve Rogers. Gotcha. 
Okay, anyway, he played a drunken Merlin who was like, oh, I have magic, but it was just the Transformers. So it was really <laughs> stupid and horrible, so get that taste out of my mouth. All right. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. And then then Spawn. We got a Spawn movie news to wrap up the, the story with. Um, the McFarland, whoever created Todd. Spawn. Todd. Todd, Todd McFarland. <laughs> not the Family Guy one. Uh, apparently the movie is now past the scripting phase and working on budgeting and casting. Mm-hmm. So we should get some news on that, but apparently the character Spawn does not say a word the entire film. Man, this is going to be a crazy movie. <laughs> the movie does not focus on him as the main character, uh-huh. much like the comic books really don't. So, I feel like this is a great example of creativity flourishing in restraints because this is coming out of Blumhouse, which has made a lot of very financially successful movies. But the whole thing, I think, it's Stephen Blum does is he makes these movies on like shoestring budgets and usually he pays people that are involved very low because everybody kind of gets um, revenue sharing opportunities so he can get kind of bigger name people in his movies by saying like I can't really pay you that much but if this movie hits it off you're going to make a lot of freaking money. So I think when you're looking at a Spawn comic book style movie on like a Blumhouse shoestring budget you kind of got to get creative and just like oh well let's make let's make Spawn kind of more of an underlying character that you kind of see every once in a while that's less special effect shots we'll concentrate more on the story more on the tension more on like the maybe gruesome gory stuff you know and then when Spawn shows up he's not going to talk it's going to be super intimidating I would imagine it would be like what it would be like seeing Spawn in real life. Like, you know, the average person is never going to get to see Spawn talk if he was real. You might just see him, like, creeping in an alley somewhere. So I think this could work. This this might be a really fun experiment. Yeah, and especially with the creator and writer of Spawn, uh, Todd being so involved in it as well, mm-hmm. might not just be like, hey, we have to make concessions for budgetary concerns, but like, hey, Todd, what do you think we should do? Well, here's what the character would do, and here's what I would do. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that might give it um, be true to the character if you're a a big Spawn fan. So yeah, and I mean this could this could end up being like a huge franchise for uh, for Blumhouse. So uh, I wonder how many other kind of characters out there floating around in the world that aren't tied up in studios might be able to navigate towards Blumhouse. You know, um, I think uh, I maybe I would have thought Hellboy possibly if that wasn't being rebooted already, but I feel like yeah maybe dark characters would work well over there. Yeah, I, I mean that or you know um, maybe just comic books were not normally like non superhero comic books. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like an idea I have is one of my favorite series, East of West, which is about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and like this world, like this very very like future world where nothing. I mean, it's very different set than we see now. But, like, one of the horsemen, I think War, decides not to be a part of the impending apocalypse anymore. So, um, stuff like that would be interesting. Like, non-superhero comic book movies. I'd, be, I'd buy into that. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I think, uh, what was it, Get Out came out of uh, Blumhouse. So, they crank out good movies. And the bad ones you just never hear about. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, a good, it's a good business model. Uh, I, w- I would look into it. I think if you Google, like... Uh, Blumhouse, and there's there's a podcast out there that kind of talks about it. It's really interesting. Yeah, uh, get out. Oh, a split came from there this year, which I really oh, like. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, oh man, they got a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's the. Oh, they, that, they started with Paranormal Activity. That's what got yeah. them off the ground. Yeah, they. Uh, the, the, that dude's really smart. Stephen Blum, he knows what he's doing. Man, he's got a. They're all horror, like Oculus, more. Yeah. Um, 
Insidious, which I think has a movie every year pretty much at this point. Yeah, because those movies are really great at getting a high return for a low budget because people are going for the scare. They're not going for the high-end actor. They're not going for the special effects. They just want to be spooked, which you can do on a really low budget. Yeah, Split was $9 million, made $278 million. Yeah. Uh, the Gallows, which I'd never heard of, uh, was made on a $100,000 budget and made $43 million. Yeah, that's it's just like crazy. So it's just like 43 million seems like underperforming for like most movies out there. But if you made it on like no money, that's all return on investment. It's crazy. So ha- Happy uh, Happy Death Day was made on 4.8 million and made 115. Yeah, I mean that's that I mean that's more of a return than Justice League saw, I'm sure. And they usually have a smaller marketing budget as well. I think more studios are going to start acting like this in the future. Now that we kind of see these big, giant tentpole movies not performing the the way they want to, and then famously everyone's been saying those kind of middle-tier movies have kind of fallen out of fashion. So it's just like, I think this is what they're going to do. They're going to just be taking bets on, like, smaller movies and then slowly building the studio up. But I think it's cool, man. I'm looking forward to the... Looking forward to Spawn. Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm just kind of going through this. Like, look, they actually, they do television television books and comic books as well mm-hmm. uh, the, they did they're doing the trimmers series this year as well oh cool so i don't know that's that's a really cool model like where like the executives aren't making the money but everybody makes the money if the movie's successful like that's a really like that's an interesting way to go simply because the way we uh, get to those movies now is like you know we go to the online store and buy them like mm-hmm. it's I, I agree it's a great thing and They've got a lot of upcoming films on their their docket as well, so this is really cool. Oh, I think I think I remember now the name of the podcast. It's a uh, Planet Money. Just search like Planet Money Blumhouse, and it's this aw- it's this awesome thing where I think they they I think the first guy who directed the first Fast and the Furious movie somehow like got like screwed out of doing subsequential Fast and the Furious movies or something like that. But they interview him because he ended up going over to Blumhouse and he was just kind of talking about how it's a different system. But yeah, go look into that. It's awesome. Yeah, that's that's, that's really, really cool. And they even got DreamWorks working on their first animated film. Ooh, so, damn. So that's, that's a, that's a, I'm glad they're working on Spawn now. It makes me feel much better about Spawn. So. <laughs> Well, that's our news for the week, Mike. Another week down. First week, first podcast of the year. We can't hold anything back now, Mike. So We definitely didn't. No. Well, we probably, if there's more news, we'll get more later, I guess. <laughs> I'm excited for Black Panther news. Like I, I imagine probably reviews will come out at the end of this month, more so the next month. So, mm-hmm. But that, that's what I'm looking forward to. But if people want to know what you're up to, Mike, what you're doing, how your, how your life is going, where can people find you at? Well, people can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, what about you? Where can they find you installing shelves and buying pop vinyls? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, I've got to do my, my, my pop and Blu-ray picture for The Incredible Hulk. i got to do one of those every week for this Countdown to Infinity War, Mike. Yeah, there you go. Um, do that. You can also head over to Comic UI and check out the videos I make to remind you what Marvel movies you should watch every month. To That way you're not cramming them in the week of Infinity War. Don't do that. It's dangerous. It's not good for your health. Your doctor does not recommend that. No, it, Mike doesn't recommend it either. <laughs> He's not even a doctor. So uh, You can also head over to YouTube and search the DNN and find the videos we do there uh, every week. Always videos. So... Um, Check that out. So, yeah, that's where you can find me at. Mike, if people are listening to Super Slate for the first time this year and want to know more about what we do, where can people find us at? 
Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues that we host our uh, cute little show here and to get our show notes. So, like, if you want to check out those promotional images for Han Solo that we thought were fake and are actually real, but they're actually on Lego boxes, you can get that in our show notes at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week, and you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to pick up some Superhero Slate merch you can get that at superheroslate.com slash store and if you're a fan of the show uh we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review wherever you listen to the show i think you can do that on stitcher you can do that on itunes you can leave us a comment on youtube there's always there's a system out there to leave your feedback and we love and really appreciate that and if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week like we've been doing for the last what is it three years now chris <laughs> this is this is technically i guess our three the start of our fourth year we've had three full years behind us as of this there week. you go so if you hit your wagon to the superhero slate train we will not let you down yes uh very but i don't so. think you st- i don't think you're supposed to be hitching wagons the trains though i think that's i think that's extra dangerous so look if any listeners out there <laughs> know how to get wagons and trains working in the same let us know yeah let, let us know we we got to know about this and if you're shipping hot food across the country <laughs> yeah we're, we're asking the important <laughs> questions over here at Super that's Wrestling. right 2018 we're we're hitting it hard <laughs> on our investigative journalism so oh, all right well i guess we'll catch you guys next week all right goodbye everybody thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe if i put it in really hot and get it overnighted. Do you think it'll still be warm if I put it in one of those insulated coolers? Oh man, maybe.